Hello and welcome back to the PPA podcast. It's Sophia Cullinane here. So my focus for these upcoming episodes is well-being. I love using this space to expand our knowledge and become conscientious performers so we can explore our craft in a healthy and sustainable way. Today's episode is with Kimmy Edwards. Kimmy shares with us her amazing experience in the musical theatre industry. We chat about the new musical Get Up and Stand Up, which Kimmy is currently starring in. We chat about voicing morals and feeling empowered as black and mixed race artists. Let's get straight into the episode. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Kimmy, and welcome to the PPA podcast. Hi there. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm really excited to get chatting with you. It's going to be great. So as usual, I'll do my quick fire round uh, with this or that questions. So I'll just get straight into it with be invisible or able to fly. Be invisible. Nice. Is there a reason behind it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, actually, I just I try not to think about it when you said it. I just thought what my heart said. Nice, I like it. Uh, Gut instinct. Sweet or savoury? Ooh, that's a hard one because I love both. Mm. Um, savoury? Nice. Morning <laughs> or evening? Evening. Do you find yourself more productive in the morning or the evening? Um, it's, it's weird because I think I'm more productive professionally maybe in the morning or not even just professionally just um as a human <laughs> to get through the day and just to tick things off but I feel like personally and creatively I'm more productive in the evening mm. and I find more magic in the evening yeah. I love it how everything kind of goes off to their to their cocoons and the air is just like a lot calmer um, and I find it easier to think. I find there's just magic energy in the air. And I'm a bit of a night owl. I think obviously what I do as well working in the evening, I just, yeah. I don't know, I connect with the evening a lot more than the than the morning. Morning's a bit of a rush. Everyone's, oh, you know, I've got to do this, that and the other. So, yeah. Yeah. You're not really I on like a track. <laughs> I really, no, I really like that concept because I've always liked the evenings, but I've never really thought of why I feel, why we sometimes feel more creative in the evening. And I really like that kind of atmosphere that you created then. <laughs> so, Miss, this one's really random mismatch socks or matching socks? Matching socks. Nice. In fact, I've never mismatched socks before. <gasps> Wow. It, 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 it'll stress me out a little bit. I think I might have a little OCD. <laughs> Fair enough. When you said it, it was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so are you a dress up or dress comfy person then? Comfy. Comfy. Completely. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this is the last one. Have a head mm. the size of a watermelon or a head the size of a tennis ball? Um, uh, oh goodness me, maybe a watermelon. Hopefully that means you'll have more brain cells and more creative juices in there. That was my thought when I thought of the question. I was like, I think, I think I'd go with the watermelon. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you. Um, so can we just 
jump straight in with how you started in the performing arts industry like how and when did you decide to get into performing yeah well I've always been into performing since I was a baby really that's all I've ever wanted to do um I used to sing and dance in the house <laughs> to my family um, and friends I used to do shows for them in the living room um and then when I was nine my mom um sent me to an acting school so that was the first time I got into it practically um but yeah before then I was, I've just been a bit of a performer at heart um I'm making shows in my house yeah yeah. Which one did you fall in love with first, kind of acting, dancing or singing? Well, my mum took me to acting class first, but I was, I've was i been dancing and singing around the house. I think maybe singing, because my mum said I used to sing as a baby. Um, she used to put me to sleep and I'd just sing before, sleep, before sleeping. Yeah. And then at school as well, apparently I'd finish my work before anyone else. My mum said the teachers used to tell her. Um, this was really young as well, like reception or something. And I used to finish before everyone else and then just sit there singing. Um, and then apparently I was in trouble because I would distract the other classmates. No um, I don't even remember that, to be honest. But yeah, I used to just sit there singing little tunes. <laughs> it is crazy how so many traits from your younger self actually influence your future and if you look back at the way that you acted in the past it really relates to like your authentic self coming into the future definitely and yeah so you're not like um altered by society by that point like when you're younger yeah. it's just like your authentic self and what you how you express yourself um and like i feel like we lose that as we get older hmm. um because of the restraints from society and expectations and you know to be become an adult and to fit in society you have to do x y and z and I think you lose the joys and the bliss that you found as a child yeah uh, I agree like if you can hold on to that and be, you know do something that resonates with you and has resonated with you since you were young um mm. so I feel very grateful that I have kept that somewhere yeah. Do you recommend performing is your kind of childlike escapism that connects you to your younger self? Definitely. Um, yes, in some respects, definitely. It's different when you're older because now it's I'm I get paid to do this now mm. and it become a job in some respects. Um, because we're not just, you know, you can't just go out there and sing as as I used to do when I was a kid um, <laughs> yeah. there's a script and there's a you know there's requirements so um there is restraints to a degree but it's still an expression and it's still fulfilling yeah like it was you know <clears throat> yeah so when did you transition then from being as it being as a hobby to being as a career um well I used to go to stage school as a child um to learn dancing and acting and to just experience it and be around it and then I went to drama school and I think it was when I went to drama school it was when I started to look at it a bit differently um rather than just an expression and an enjoyment it was like oh maybe I can knuckle down a little bit more um and it become more of a discipline mm. um 
so yeah drama school really because I did drama school I went to GSA for three years and then straight out of drama school before I'd even grad- graduated I got my first West End job wow. so it was then all you know and then I haven't worked I haven't stopped working since then really so oh, it was from that point I kind of yeah it was I had to look at it differently how did, how did you find your first job then like what was it and yeah what how did you find it oh my goodness uh, I still remember I still can remember the feeling I was like I was absolutely elated because I wasn't expecting that obviously as a graduate you I mean I thought I'd just be looking for maybe a year I don't know like yeah. or finding my feet thinking what do I want to do for, you know and it wasn't like that at all I had a few auditions for things but I got Legally Blonde um, at the Savoy Theatre. Amazing. And it was just, I still remember when I found out I was at Guildford Station (laughs) on on the chair, on one of the chairs, um, waiting for the train. And I was just crying on the phone to my mom, just absolutely elated. It was just one of the best feelings. And that show is so special to me. And that was like 12 years ago now, maybe. really special like I'll still listen to the soundtrack and it will still send me back there um and it was just it was just a really special show I remember feeling a bit like a deer in the headlights though like oh my gosh what 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 am I gonna do like um and just learning from everyone you know I felt like a sponge I was just learning from everyone and anyone I could um yeah just getting all the because I felt like you learn more on the jobs I think I think I learned more on Legally Blonde maybe not more but just in a different way than learning at GSA yeah I have heard that that people always say just being in the environment is sometimes just the best way to learn the craft so how did you how did you cope with the switch then from being a student training to then suddenly out in the big wide world actually working um it was I guess it was just a fight or flight kind of moment. Mm. It was, I didn't really have a choice. I didn't have that transitional period of now you're in drama school, now you're a graduate, now you're looking for work, now you can hone your skills and then get a job. It was graduate West End. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I didn't really have that, which I think for me, I mean, everyone works differently. I always strive and thrive sorry on almost stressful situations Mm -hmm. and sometimes I don't need that break I don't need that transitional period to find my feet I like Mm -hmm. to go straight in um, and surprise myself that's when I feel I work at my best under pressure that's what I meant to say (laughs) yeah I work best under pressure is there anything that you do to work well under pressure or is it just something that kind of comes naturally I think when I want to do something, I'm quite narrow-minded. Like with, I remember Legally Blonde, I remember my auditions. It was really intense audition period. Just because I got it, it doesn't mean it was easy to get, you know. Mm-hmm. I had nine rounds and I remember they they threw like every role under the sun at me. Um, and I remember, I think I had like four roles to do. And with loads of material, uh, I had like three scenes each role, three songs to do. Mm-hmm. and then. The night before, I think my final, they sent me they sent me Paulette 
material and I think it was like two more scenes and two more songs and I didn't panic I was like is what it is and I just I learned quickly anyway Mm. and I just completely I only had a few hours they sent it me at like maybe four o'clock that evening for like 11 11 o'clock a.m audition the next morning wow and I just sat there all night learning it learning it learning it learning it learning it learning it I wouldn't do anything else I just honed in now reminded on that on that goal and I'm gonna learn this um I guess I enjoy it you know if you enjoy something that's all I cared about I didn't care about doing anything else I'm learning this and I'm gonna be the best I can be and then regardless of the outcome I know I've given my all yeah so that's a really good yeah 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 it's It's kind of linking to that thing of you can only control what you can control and you knew that if you put your time into learning this then if it's meant for you then it would come for you because you put your everything into it completely and I think that's how I deal with rejection as well because in this industry you have to manage rejection because it's going to you you know we put ourselves up for rejection all the time and um that is the biggest one for me as long as I know I've put 110% in to my auditioning then then whatever the outcome I can't be angry at myself and like you say it's it's either for me or it's not for me but if it's for me and I haven't put the work in and I don't get it then I'm angry at myself so yeah what I can control is how much effort I put in so as long as I've done that then then I just let go and and let the universe give me or give me what's right for me yeah Yeah. definitely I feel like I relate to that relate to that it's something that I'm striving for is to be a lot more like well there's no need to stress just you control what you can control and if it's meant for you it will come for you completely Um, so yeah I like that way of working um so yeah after after Legally Blonde, how how have you found the industry then? So you said you just kind of, you luckily got more jobs. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't, haven't stopped working since that. Wow. Since Legally Blonde, um, to be honest. The only time I stopped working was COVID, mm. like everyone. So I was on this train, really, of, of the industry. I did Legally Blonde, then I went straight into... Um, Tommy, then Hairspray, then Ghost, then Memphis, then I did a pantomime, then I did In the Heights, then I did Dream Girls um, for two and a half years. Um, and then then Kiss Me K. I'm just reading off my CV here. I'm just trying to figure out what I've done. Yeah, um, amazing. Um, and then Tina. Um, and then COVID hit. So up until that point, I was on like I say, the industry train, I was just doing show after show after show after show after show after show. So I didn't have time to kind of think about anything. I was never, I never sat in my achievements. Um, so I also won an award in Dreamgirls as well. I won an wow. IARA award for um, female mm-hmm. stage performance. Wow. Uh, for my Michelle Morris, which was incredible. I was so grateful for that. But like I said, I'm always on to the next. I never sit mm. in and think about my achievements or think about the shows I've done. Um, and I didn't. I was always, okay, t- tick, next, tick, next, on to the next show, on to the next show. And then COVID happened and it gave me a chance to reflect on everything I'd done. So I was so grateful, to be honest. I was, I was really grateful for the lockdown 
because like I said, I could actually think about and, and appreciate all the, all the work I'd done and all the shows I'd done. Um, yeah. And all the lessons I'd learned along the way. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that's so relatable to performers is that I feel like as performers and creatives, we're such high achievers and we're kind of always striving for the next goal. I know I can relate to that myself. I'm just, I achieve something and I'm like, what's next? And it's true when you do sit back and sit and realize what the opportunities that you've had or how much you've achieved, it's actually pretty incredible yeah so how did you reflect then on your experiences was it just a case of sit down and just kind of talk talk to someone about everything that you've done or is there something that you do to reflect on your like wins I guess well I do this thing in every single show I've done I've got a poster I have a poster of the show and I get it signed by the the company and I used to just roll them up and put them in my like storage or something and my when I lived with my ex-boyfriend he he got them all out basically and put them in frames and put them in our spare room so they're all up in my spare room so when I used to go in there I could see basically all my achievements oh. and all the things I've done and having and having that time of not working and being in lockdown I used to go in there a lot and just look and and be around all these shows and just in my face um of all the achievements i'd i'd done it was it was just really humbling to go wow you know i haven't actually sat with any of these shows or any of these achievements um and really recognize what i've done yeah Um, so it's not it's just having them there in my face and then i'd and then i'd maybe sit with the show the the albums the cast albums which i've been a part of a few of them Mm. um doing a few original original casts and yeah it was it was it was quite emotional to be honest yeah, yeah. amazing way you know it was just like wow I've had such an amazing career and I've been in such wonderful shows like mm-hmm. every show I've ever done I've wanted to do um and I've spoken to people recently that have said they haven't wanted to do some of the shows that they've been in, involved in it was just Oh my god, they got offered it, so they they took it. And I realised I'm I'm so thankful. I've never been in that situation. I've never, I've never want, I've never auditioned for a job I've never I've not wanted, and I've never gotten a job I've not wanted. If I want something, I work really hard for it, and I wanted it so bad, and then I've got it. So yeah, I was really grateful for that experience, just to be able to do things I've really wanted to do. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. amazing and it just shows that you really by taking the time to reflect you've really appreciated everything that you've had so now you're in um the new bob marley musical uh, get up and stand up how's that going for you i absolutely love it i'm not gonna lie it's it this one was more of a personal endeavor rather mm-hmm. than a professional um i'm jamaican my dad's from Jamaica so when this when I heard about this coming out I had to be involved no matter how I was like I need to be in the show I will do anything like I'll dress I'll be a wingy I'll do anything I just want to be involved in this show it was really important to me to be involved I think I wanted to do it for my dad as well Mm. um 
yeah, I wanted to get it for my dad. I wanted him to come and watch his daughter in a Jamaican show. Um, yeah. yeah, it was very important for me to get it. And I think so, that passion must have just driven you so hard that you, you did it. So yeah. Passion does take you places. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Completely. Yeah. I, like I say, when I want something, I'm quite narrow-minded. I, like I say, what you can control. So my effort and my passion um, and all the work I did, that's all I focused on. Um, and, yeah, if I didn't get it, I would have been, been gutted. But I know I put everything I could into it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just grateful that I did get it because it was a, it was a massive, um, like I say, endeavour to to be a part of. Yeah. So yeah. And the musical opened in Black History Month, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, how how was that? Was there any pressure that came along with that, or like how was that experience? Was it quite uplifting, enlightening, almost? Definitely. I think it was really important for this show to be out there at that point. Um, but I think for me and a lot of the people involved in the company, we're a predominantly um, black and mixed race cast, mm. um, ethnic minority company, I should say. Um, so I think it was a lot of our personal endeavors to do this show regardless of when it came out because yes black history month um was very prevalent for everyone else but we have been this ethnicity our whole life so this show is important to be to come out it would have been important for us to come out at any point um because it means a lot to us personally yeah um bob marley and his music as an artist is incredible um and what he had to say um because he was more than an artist he was you know a revolutionary he was he was a massive inspiration to loads of people and he changed a lot out there but yeah like I say I think it was it was a personal it was very personally important to do regardless of when it was Mm, absolutely Um, and how have you found that experience because you mentioned that the whole cast um is in the ethnic minority how have you found that experience with creatives and directors of black and mixed race yes we do have two um white males in the cast Ah. i have to (laughs) because some people do say it's it's an all black company and it or all black cast and it's really not Ah. we do have to i didn't um, know thank you White males, yeah. So that is important to know. <laughs> to know. <laughs> I am. Um, I've a- absolutely loved it. To be honest, um, with every job I've ever done, and the industry and how it was back when I started, I was always up for. Sorry to say, but the one mixed race girl or the one black girl, mm. um, almost like the token ethnic e- ethnic role in the show, um, and that just became unfortunately normal. Um, whereas when this came about, it was like a breath of fresh air to be able to be involved in a company that we were expressing almost like ethnic story, um, from our own experiences. Yeah. Um, it was really important to tell this story and have black creatives involved because a lot of the time, especially in the past, I've done shows and we're expressing a black point of view mm. and it's been 
a white person expressing a black point of view that you need to then express on stage which for me never really made sense um and now we can express a black point of view from a black point of view (laughs) which is unfortunately it feels really late in the day in this 21st century we're in Hmm. but i guess it's progress yeah the in the performing arts industry is kind of continuing to fight casting equality and diversity how have you found your journey within casting um well like i said i mean i've worked constantly so it hasn't hindered me thankfully Mm. but like i said i was up for the one black girl in what in in a show yeah or the one um minority in a show because i'm mixed race um but again i felt I was always seen as black Mm. um, rather than mixed race. I've got a white mom and a Jamaican dad. Um, So I'm (laughs) 50-50, completely down the middle. But I was always seen as a black artist. Mm. Um, Whether that be right or wrong, there wasn't any, there wasn't any castings for mixed race back then. I think there is now. There's more mixed race um, female. But back then it was just ethnic minority, which I felt it was just black. Um, so yeah, it didn't hinder me, but it wasn't it wasn't correct. Yeah. And now I feel like it's it's probably not there yet still, but it's a lot better than it was. And like I said, just to do a show, a Bob Marley show, get up, stand up, I don't think that would have been around when I started out. Well, it wouldn't have been around. Um, and if it was around, I think it would have been a lot more white creatives and a, a lot of uh, more white people in the company yeah. um, in charge of how this story was told. Um, and that would have just been a given. Mm. And I think that I think that's wrong. Yeah, it's empowering to hear the side of the story from people who may have personal experiences and especially the Bob Marley like Bob Marley story is such an incredible story that needs to be told and yeah it it must be such an incredible experience to be part of that yeah and I think him being Jamaican as well um I know a lot the the cast and director and our director Clint Dyer Mm. he was very um he was very interested in getting the majority of the company, if not all, who had some kind of Jamaican heritage, yeah. if not Jamaican, Caribbean or African, but, um, because it was obviously Jamaican. Um, I know he wanted, if possible, for us all to have a kind of Jamaican heritage. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, and I think that was really, really important. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate that starting yeah, the show and connection before we yeah. started. Yeah, that's true. It's so great when you can see the ensemble or the cast that just have a great rapport between each other. And I think maybe by having that connection to each other, you've got that sense of community. Yes, which I think reflects on stage and in the show as well mm. to make it more um, authentic and real for an audience to watch. And I think that's what our director was going for as well, um, rather than fabricating it. Yeah. Personal hand experiences, being Jamaican or being of African descent. Mm. It was very important to have that as a foundation 
that we could all share our stories and connection to bring to the sh the piece. Mm. The well, I haven't seen this show yet, but I am looking forward to watching it. I can't wait. It sounds amazing. Um, do you have any advice then for students, perhaps at PPA, who do who are mixed race or black going into the industry, um, how to stand your ground as a performer? Yeah, I mean, I think it is different now than when I started out. Um, I didn't feel like I had a lot of say um, if I was uncomfortable with a breakdown, say. I don't think I felt confident enough to be able to say anything, but I think now it's very different with the whole Black Lives Matter thing and where the industry's gotten to now. Um, I think it's important to know who you are, um, look within and know who you are and what kind of performer you want to be, and then make that very clear with the, the auditions you're going up for. Go up for things you actually want to go up for. Mm. and and be and feel confident enough to if something feels uncomfortable like a breakdown say or if you're in the audition room um and something goes against your uh your morals or whatever feel comfortable enough to say voice that in the room voice that to the casting director the your agent um the, the director whoever just to save yourself and protect yourself. And I think it's very important to do that from the get-go rather than <clears throat> not saying something because you feel disempowered. Mm, absolutely. Empower yourself now from the start. So then we set a precedent for how the industry is going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's great is trying to give performers more of a voice and have having the confidence to speak up and if something yeah. doesn't fit your morals say so because I think often there's that fear I mean I can't speak from personal experience but uh I think there must be a fear of will it affect my role will it affect my whether I get cast if I speak up about this will they think I'm a opinionated person that I don't want to work with you if that makes sense completely Yes, and that's how I felt in the past when I first started out in my career. Um, a lot of auditions, I did feel uncomfortable if I was up for a role of my ethnicity and a white person was telling me how to do that. Mm. I'd feel a bit uncomfortable. Um, someone of white ethnicity telling me how to be my ethnicity. Yeah. <laughs> I thought was but I wouldn't say anything because I would fear that affecting my me getting the role yeah so I wouldn't say anything, which I think is wrong you know I think we need we need to improve that I think it definitely has improved like I say in my in my show now I was in the audition room with black people reading black roles mm. um which I was which shouldn't be unusual yeah but it was absolutely it, it was brilliant. It was, it, it felt so, I felt so comfortable. Mm. Um, and it just felt right, you know? And I think that's important to, like I say, say from the beginning, if there's something you don't feel right um, to express. Yeah, definitely. And I think the more we raise awareness about things like this and 
just educate educating people i think the more it will come to the forefront and people will start speaking out and yeah listening we have the power you know i think as performers you always we have felt um less than or disempowered and that the casting directors um and the creatives are almost on top and you mm. just have to, we're lucky to get a job you know whereas actually um they need us and i think that's very important to remember they need us to put on a show you know and you're actually more powerful than you believe and you've been told to feel um mm. so it's just about using your voice in the right way um and staying true to your true to yourself true to your morals true to what you want and true to what you want to see be the change in this industry for the better yeah absolutely mm. well i think that's an absolutely fantastic place to end it um so thank you so so much for all your knowledge and wisdom and experience and for sharing that with us i think it's so valuable to just hear from you and your life experience thank you thanks for having me you're very welcome through everything again yeah um, it's almost that reflection and celebration of your career again isn't it yeah so thank you you're very welcome well thank you and bye.